So I think Vivictus Asmati the Dire is one of the most game warping and powerful cards printed in the last five years. But when I look at it, I can't help but think he kind of looks like a dragon, but he kind of looks like a rooster. Hey, this is the Command and Cookout Podcast, episode 73. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan and Dibber. going to continue the arc of who wore it better by going all prosh up in your ass. Now hit our theme song. Hey, Ryan, we're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What's going down? A whole ton is going down. We're going to continue our arc where we totally show that we are way better than wizards at building pre-constructed commander decks. And we're going to be doing it with a tier one super competitive commander this time. Huh. Isn't that what we did last week? Nah. Now, it's funny, though. Two weeks in a row in arc of who wore it better. Remember, we said we're going to try and make the arc feel really harmonious uh both weeks so far we've used the most popular commander in the color combination that we're doing (laughs) that was an accident or like is that wizards telling us what to play or is that wizards making fun stuff that people want to play yes or is that them just saying hey this would be fun and it ends up being like the most degenerate garbage in the format yes uh, well, this is not that. <laughs> no, it is not. And it's also not Infect. It really isn't. We kind of went outside the box this time, and instead of going with combo Prosh, so if you heard the intro and heard Prosh and thought, oh my god, they're doing it again, we're not doing that. No, well, we've never done combo Prosh before. We did combo Adun Oakenshield. That was Jund. Turned to somebody one time. F you, Joel. <laughs> I hate Joel. No, I don't. He's a good guy. Yeah, well, I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, I might be speaking. I might be talking through my hat. I learned that expression today. Is that a radio thing? That's a radio thing, yeah. Hmm. Guy I work with says it all the time. That's like when the the pitcher or the the pitching coach visits the mound and he like talks into his hat or into his glove or whatever, right? Yeah. Oh. So nobody can read his lips. So it's a baseball thing. And a radio thing. Nobody can read lips in radio. They don't see the lips. <laughs> <laughs> Do not Google that. <laughs> Should we get into it? Before that, there's one thing that I just want to talk about. Um in the continued odyssey of Brando Builds a Stacks deck, I like to keep people up to date on it. Uh, I was looking through some cards I wanted to play, and I came across a card called Squandered Resources. Yeah, and yeah. That card is badass. In every way that a card can be badass. It's got cool art, it's got a degenerately low mana cost, the, what it does is crazy, and it's way on the, the uptake for price. So if you have one or are looking for one, get them now, because I think that they're going to be going up pretty quick. Best thing about Squandered Resources, the flavor text. Absolutely. And we're not going to read it, because you should go out and find it for yourself so you can see what a truly degenerate card looks like. Yeah. But uh, I just want, why I'm mentioning this is I was looking for one. I recently made an order, forgot to order a bunch of stuff, as I always do. And I was like, oh, I can't find this. It's sold out everywhere. All the stores that had the rest of my carts, so it's like, F, I'll just hope I can find one. Went down to my local LGS, but he pulled one out of a box like that. Dang. So the the benefits of the local game store. So shout out to Aaron at Collector's Lane for helping me out with that. Oh, I got one. In the continued odyssey of I'm doing the hand motion banner type wave, Ryan likes to drink. I went back to the recycling depot, and to me, beer costs what beer costs. Deposit or not deposit. And, and I know our friends in the land of the free don't always have to pay deposits, but in Canada, we do. So it just costs what it costs. So when I take my bottles back and get actual money, it's like Christmas. It feels really good, too, doesn't it? Yeah. 
You're saving the world and you're getting paid for it. I feel like a asshole version of Superman because he never made a dime. He could have, though. Oh. There's a song about how he could have got paid and he could smash through all these banks. Oh, yeah. Oh. Crash test dummies. Superman yeah. never made any money. Yeah. Uh, Canadian? I don't know. I think so. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Social media coordinates? Social media coordinates. We're CCO Podcast and Twitter and tappedout.net. That's where you can see this week's list, last week's list, and any other list we talk about over the course of the show. We are commandercookout at gmail.com. That's where you can send us love mail, hate mail, show suggestions, decks you'd like us to see spruce up in this arc, who wore it better cosplay pictures, but no nudes. We received nudes. Again? Uh, well, it was like a... Yes. Yes, we did. Man. We've got real nudes, fake nudes... Comedy nudes, um, big veiny dick nudes. An anime girl, like, doing to a Johnny. Yeah, don't Google that. I'm. You know what? I'm actually a little bit scared to click on links that CCO Nation <laughs> sends us now because sometimes it's a recommendation to beer, which is great. Sometimes it's a nude, and sometimes it's a link where they, like, write something that I can click on that, that says, hey, look at this awesome beer. Boom. Dink. Oh. where else can they find us we're also commander cookout on the itunes google play google machine youtube patreon podomatic where we have usurped the scrapbooking ninnies edhrec.com flipside gaming where you can use promo code ccofu to get 10 percent off store wide on your entire order and the official official home of commander cookout podcast on the internet CommanderCookout.com Nice. I even did the hand thing. Yep. And uh, all of our latest giveaway details are up on the giveaway tab on CommanderCookout.com. Right. And on Facebook, where I think, what is it, a like, a share, a tag of friend, a Twitter follow, a Facebook follow, an alter auction bid, which I'll talk about in a second, all get you entries to win a commander 18 deck of your choice i picked up all of them this last week haven't cracked them yet because i think i'm gonna wait to see who wins what they want and then i'll ship it to them and i will keep the rest (laughs) (laughs) which one do you think people will pick i made a post on facebook and it's i think right now it's between like the aminatu the the little girl planeswalker the enchantment one no that's the oh. top deck esper one really and then the enchantment one that's kind of the ones that everybody wants i mean everybody wanted an enchantress commander and they got one in that bant merfolk and i think that uh, aminatu i don't know if i'm saying that right i think that she's kind of broken you can play her with like felidar sovereign and get the same kind of sahili combo like uh. she's good and she's esper and people are like fucking get super hard for esper like because they're better than everybody else yeah yeah anyways i bought them i want to play zancha and erixmathes that 12 12 oh yeah the island yeah Yeah, super good (laughs) a listener wrote in said the erixmathes goes really good in uh, mimeoplasm because you just make mimeoplasm a 12 12 and then give them somebody else's abilities it's pretty good yeah yeah I, i like it it's not bad at all i mentioned the alter auctions Big shout out to everybody who bid every Thursday. I'm going to be posting those up. And subtle change to our Patreon. Anybody who wins an auction, if you're a patron, free shipping. Cool. So if you're thinking about bidding and you're a patron, don't worry. won't cost you anything extra. 
if you're thinking about becoming a patron and have bid, become a patron because you might save a couple bucks on shipping. Yeah. And you're supporting a, a, a cool magic show, and we appreciate it a lot. Close to the heart, if you will. Huh? <laughs> ah. Is that a radio thing? No. Nah. Ah. Yeah, nobody in radio has hearts. They just care about advertising. Correct. Which is why we're not in radio, we're in podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Speaking of which, shout outs? Shout outs. Ah, that doesn't, that was a crappy segue, but shout out to new patron, Logan Smith. Funny nickname? Smitty. Do we already have a Smitty? Mm, this is improved Smitty because he's a patron. Uh, our Smitty is already a patron. Hmm. Hmm. This mm-hmm. guy patrons more. This is less shitty Smitty. <laughs> yeah, less shitty Smitty. Like he said his wife listens, so we got to rake him over the coals a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, shitty Smitty. We got shitty Smitty? No, we got FU Smitty, and then we got less shitty Smitty. I like it. Yeah, because yeah. FU Smitty is still in our play group, and he still hides his planeswalkers behind the chip bowl. F that Smitty. And this Smitty, yeah, he's not bad. By the way, the chip bowl thing totally works. Yeah. Yeah, anybody, if you want to just be a crooked, rotten scumbag, chip bowl. Hide all your planeswalkers behind Yep, just put it in front of where all your stuff is. Say go. Yep, and then get mad when anybody says, How long has it been there? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For the record, I never say that because I sit like opposite to you on the table and I can always see. And um, if you pack like a merciless execution or whatever that like exiles all planeswalkers, we're good. See, I sit at the end of the table and I can't see anyway. So I just rely on the honesty of everybody. Slash the goodness of all of my decks. To... That's that's a like a that's a double negative, and then you you can't yeah. see, and you're at the end of the table, and then you rely on somebody else's honesty, and then you rely on the goodness of your decks. This is a recipe for disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember, kids, I won without drawing cards for seven turns. Oh yeah. Moving on. <laughs> should we do a list? We should do a list. So you said we're doing prosh. We are doing Prosh. Should we give Prosh a read so that everybody knows why he's a degenerate piece of crap? All right. Hold on a second. He's only a 5-5? I thought he was a 6-6. Doesn't matter. Uh, In in competitive Prosh and in this list, I don't think it matters, but I thought he was a 6-6. Honestly, I did too, and I built the list. So... Give him a read. Damn it. Here we go. Okay. So Prosh is a 5-5 dragon for 3, black, red, green flying whenever you cast him cast him that's very important you get x zero one red cobalt creature tokens named cobalts of care keep where x is the amount of mana spent to cast him and you can sacrifice another creature to give him plus one plus oh until end of turn just for the record his name is prosh sky raider of care 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 we're gonna call him prosh everybody calls him prosh and he's a dragon not relevant here but Eh. Yeah, he's like a dragon that's on fire. He actually looks super cool. He's probably one of the coolest dragons that there is, I think. He's certainly the most powerful in the right build. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, Jund and three for a 5-5 flyer. That's pretty good. You get zero ones equal to the amount of mana to cast him. Now, mana to cast was introduced in Commander 2013, and so you cast him for six, you get him, and you get six zero ones. Okay, so he dies. You cast him again. You get eight zero ones. You paid three and Jund and two commander tax. Now you get eight zero ones. Next time you get ten. Next time you get twelve. Okay, and then he's got sacrifice another creature to make him bigger. 
what is it? Plus one, plus oh? Plus one, plus oh till end of turn. So realistically, you get your six dudes the first time, you sack them all, he's an 11 5. Yeah. So you could two shot somebody with him if you if he dies and you play him again. Yes. Okay, so that is strategy one? No. Oh. Well, no, just just for the record, you could two shot somebody with him just by casting him and sacking everything. That's uh that's one of those multiple paths to victory things. That's what that is. So I think he's powerful because he on himself can just kill you in like two hits. Yes. Okay. And he can defend you for a vast amount of time as well. If you're way behind and you need blockers, he's a he's a house. He's a fortress. Yes, very much so. Chumps and is a 5-5 five five that can get bigger. And also flies, which is not irrelevant when you're protecting yourself. Oh, yeah, very much so. So other than Prosh, 29 creatures in the deck? Correct. Should, start... we, should we do some of them? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about some of them. Let's, let's uh, start with Bloodshot Colossus. Or Bloodshot Cyclops, I should say. Yeah, I like this guy. I've contemplated playing him in Bryon Stoutarm, but he doesn't fit the bill. So six mana, 4-4. Four, four. Tap, sack a creature, bloodshot, cyclops, deals damage equal to that creature's power to target creature or player. So it's like a fling. It is fling. It is exactly fling on a dude, and you could like pump Prosh like crazy and then fling him. You could win like that. Absolutely you could. Neat. Next up we have Deathbringer Thoktar. Six mana, three, three. So we're not doing very good in the uh, the vanilla scale right now, hey? Okay. No, no. Um, whenever a creature dies, you can put a plus one on, a plus one, plus one on Deathbringer Thoktar. And you can remove a plus one from him to ping something, do a one damage target creature or player. Yeah. So you sack all of your kobolds to Prosh. Mm-hmm. That's six counters on him. Then you sack, then you smack somebody with Prosh, sack Prosh to the Bloodshot Cyclops. That's seven counters on the Deathbringer Thoktar. That's seven damage you can pump out. Yeah. Yeah. What if you went like infinite with Prosh and you just get a counter every time you sack Prosh and then you sack all the kobolds and then you just Deathbringer Thoktar somebody to death? What kind of anal bag would do that, Ryan? Mm. Not us. Certainly, competitive Prosh has a cheaper than six mana <laughs> win condition. Moving yes. on. Moving along. We have Deep Fire Elemental. Deep what? Deep, deep Finger what? Elemental. <laughs> Not what I thought. <laughs> Not what I thought you were going to say. Um, another six drop. Four, four this time. These creatures suck. Okay. XX1. Destroy target artifact or enchantment with converted mana cost X. So you get like... Artifact or creature. Oh, oh yeah, artifact or creature. That is, uh, well, not any... That's probably better, yeah. The, the fact that he can kill a creature is why I didn't replace him with Mox Monkey. That would be Gorilla Shaman. Yes. That is XX, destroy target artifact with converted mana cost X. Yeah, does the same thing, but he costs like one. Yes, and yeah. it kills Moxes for free. <laughs> this kills... Zero drops for free, or it kills like a one drop for three mana. It um, kills creatures for a nominal amount of mana. This was in the stock list. I, yeah, I should, it's a stock list card, yes. Yeah, and it's a 4-4. Four, four. Maybe you'd see something like this on an enchantment now, but uh, it's a creature, so, I mean, you could sacrifice it. We'll find out how in a few minutes. Yes. Next up, we have Dragon Brood Mother. That's a six drop 4-4 four, four with flying, and... At the beginning of each upkeep, you put a 1-1 one, one red and green dragon with Devour 2 into the battlefield, right? And flying. And flying. And Devour is when it enters the battlefield, you can sacrifice um, two creatures? Any number of creatures. Oh, any number of creatures, and it gets plus 2, plus 2 for each one sacrificed. Yes, so it gets two plus 1, plus 1 counters for each creature sacrificed. Yeah. So you can hypothetically get some pretty giant little baby dragons coming off of her. Yeah, sweet. Okay. 
It's a token maker. Correct. Okay. And a sack engine. Next up, we have Dragon Lair Spider. Another token maker. Five, six, four, six. Reach. When opponent casts a spell, get a one-one insect creature. What could we do with those? Maybe devour them. I don't know. Devour them. Sacrifice them. Yeah. How about Elvish Sky Sweeper? Okay, this I think was an original in the deck. One mana, one-one. Pay five. Sack a creature. Destroy target creature with flying. So five mana. Let's say sacrifice a creature is negligible because we have a lot of token makers in the deck. So it's five mana, kill a creature with flying. It's pretty good. Yeah. Repeatable and it sacks something, which is kind of a theme that we're going with. Yeah, lots of commanders have flying and lots of big creatures. The preferred evasion that Wizards puts on them is flying, like angels and dragons and stuff, and demons. And if you can pay five to get rid of it, that's probably a tempo advantage because they probably cast it for six or seven. Okay. How about Endric Sar, Master Breeder? Okay, this is a 2-2 two, two for 5. Whenever you cast a spell, you put X 1-1 one, one black thralls onto the battlefield, where X is that spell's converted mana cost. When you have 7 or more thralls, sacrifice Endric Sar. So you just sacrifice the thralls before you have to sacrifice him, and you have an inst- or an endless supply, right? You just kind of keep yourself... Well, once you hit 7, you have to sack him. It goes on the stack. But, I mean, as long as you can keep your thrall count below 7, you're safe. Yeah, that's and, pretty good. And uh, lots of sack outlets in the deck. We're going to get to those. Next up, we have another card that was included in the stock list in Fell Shepherd. Yeah, and a sack outlet that we were just talking about with Endrixar. So, okay. <laughs> black, black, five for an eight, six. Whenever Fell Shepherd deals combat damage to a player, you may return to your hand all creature cards that were put into the graveyard from the battlefield this turn. Eh. Okay, so he hits you, you get a bunch of stuff back. Okay, black, sack a creature, target creature gets minus two, minus two until end of turn. So he's removal on a um, somewhat repeatable body. Yeah, I don't... Actually, I think we talked about some cards preparing for this episode, and I think he's probably my first cut for one of them. Oh, yeah, you know what I like instead of Fell Shepherd, and I've tried Fell Shepherd before, I have. I like Phyrexian Plague Lord, because you can sack the Plague Lord to give minus four, or you could sack another creature to give minus one minus one just sack a creature give minus one minus one and plague lord costs like six instead of seven yeah which is not negligible yeah I mean, you gotta yeah and plus if you play the fell shepherd with endrixar in play kills your endrixar that's no fun oh yeah huh all right next up cco staple flesh beater imp oh i love this card it's one of my favorite cards in commander it's another sack outlet, so it's four mana, two two flyer with infect. Sack a creature, flesh beater imp gets plus one plus one till end of turn. He will kill people. He will kill people all day long, especially right after you play Prosh. Oh yeah. Oh baby. Yeah. How about Goblin Sharpshooter? Goblin Sharpshooter. I counted this as a mass removal spell because it mass removes every one one or zero one at the table. X one at the table. So red, two, one one, goblin. Doesn't untap during your untap step. Whenever a creature dies, untap Goblin Sharpshooter, and you can tap him to deal one damage. So you tap to deal one damage to a one drop, he untaps. Okay. You kill all the X1s. So there's a bunch of X2s. So you tap to deal one damage, sack a creature to Prosh or anything, and untap him. Target the same creature again, it dies. Geez, wouldn't it be awesome if you started to sacrifice all your kobolds to Flesh Beater Imp and you knocked off one of their flying blockers and then flew in with Flesh Beater Imp to kill them? Synergy. Yeah. All right, next up we have Golgari Guildmage. 
Golgari Golgari hybrid for a 2 2. Pay four black. Sack a creature. There's a sack outlet. Return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Cool. For green, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature. Not as good. And yeah, nobody cares about that. Yeah, nobody does that. No, you, you sack a creature to get a creature back. That's what you do. How about Hooded Horror? This we these what the hell? Okay, it's a five drop four four hooded horror. This was in the original C13 Prosh list. I think it's a flex spot because it's just like it's weird and doesn't do anything that we're interested in doing. Yeah, it super sucks. Uh, okay, F that guy. Yeah, F that guy. We'll cut him later for something else. How about Huatuo Honored Physician? I think it's how Tao? Whatever. Anyways, <laughs> green, green, one for a one, two. Tap. Put target creature card from your graveyard on top of your library. Activate this ability only during your turn before attackers are declared. I have a combo with this card in notes for later on in the show. Ooh, I think I have one in my brain, but I'm not sure if it actually works. Uh, I left him in there for a reason. Sure. How about Inferno Titan? Red, red, four, six drop, has fire breathing. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, it deals three damage to whatever you want. Divide it any way you choose among things. Yeah. He's excellent if you give him infect. Yes. Next up, we have Jade Mage. Jade Mage. Um, you can possibly go infinite with this card. Yeah. Um, you can almost go infinite with this card. Anyways, it's a 2-1 for 2. You can pay 2 and green to put a 1-1 one, one green sapperling into the battlefield. That is a good, good token maker. Mm. Yeah. Very good. We have Mina and Den Wildborn. 4-drop, four 4-4. Four, four. There's a Jun card worth talking about. You can play an extra land during your turn, and if you pay green, red, return target land... You control to its owner's hand, target creature gains trample until end of turn. So they've got a bunch of flying blocks for your prosh that's like a 20, 21 5. Well, you just pay two and return a land, and then boom, swing. Yeah. Cool. He's, he's very, very good. They. They. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have Ophiomancer. Ophiomancer. 2 2 for 3. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control no snakes, put a 1 1 snake into play. Snake um, has death touch. Don't care. You're going to sacrifice it. Yeah, definitely. Now, yeah. next up. You, you, you sacrifice it, then you get another one next turn. So those sack outlets, super important. Yes. Next up, we have a snake. Uh, <laughs> Nonbo in Orochi Egg Washer. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's terrible. Orochi Egg Wash. Egg Washer? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> don't Google that, by the way. <laughs> okay. Three drop, one, one. You pay green, two, tap. Put a green 1-1 one, one snake creature token into play if you control how many more? Ten or more snakes? Ten or more creatures. Ten or more creatures. You flip it, and it flips to Sashiro Blav. I don't know. It's upside down. Shidako Broodmistress. Uh, that sounds terrible. Green. Sacrifice a creature. Okay, it's not so bad. Target creature gets plus three, plus three until end of turn. That's what it's in there for. Like the second time you play... Prosh, you're going to have nine guys plus her flip her over. She turns into a, she's a 3-3 three, three for three that lets you sack a dude to giant growth something like oh, your Prosh. Oh, yeah, you, you pay green and let's call a token a card. That's like a giant growth out of your hand, except it's a giant growth from the battlefield. Yeah, all those shitty zero ones are now turning into three big power on your commander they're okay. pretty it's, yeah, it's yeah. pretty good uh, yeah it, you know what yeah i i okay stupid <laughs> stupid it's just because it's from crappy gawa you gotta give it a break just give it a, give it a chance okay fine how about quagmire druid quagmire <laughs> he's a two two for three green tap sack creature destroy target enchantment obvious why he's in there sakura tribe elder 
Two drop, one one. Sack it. Search for a basic. Put into play. Tapped. Scarland Thrynax. Jund for a two two. Sack a creature. Put a plus one plus one counter on him. Shattergang Brothers. Oh baby. Jund and one for a three three Goblin Artificer. You can pay black two, sacrifice creature, or black or red two, sack an artifact, or green two, sacrifice an enchantment. Whatever you sacrifice, each other player has to do that as well. Would you ever alter that so that they look like the Mario Brothers? Uh, yeah. That could be neat. Yep. Next up, we have a Silk Lash Spider. Five drop, two seven with reach. Green, green, X. It deals X damage to each creature with flying. So it's like uh, Hurricane on legs. On eight legs. Ooh. On seven legs, actually. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell? It got into a fight and lost a leg. That's got eight legs in the picture. Flavor <laughs> fail. Actually, I've had seven legs. That would have been sweeter. That'd be so badass. Yeah. All right, next up we have Sprouting Thrynax. Jund for a 3-3. Three, three. When it dies, you get three green sapperlings. That is value with Howtow, Honored Physician. Yes. Because you sacrifice, you get three dudes, and then you can sacrifice those three dudes for mana, and then you can tap Howtow, draw a card, yeah, okay. there's kind we'll, of a we'll get there. <laughs> there's a there's a jankety combo in there where you can kind of do that a bunch of times based on how much mana you have with another card. Yeah, you we'll could go infinite later. with Phyrexian Altar. We'll mm. talk about that in a yeah. sec. Next, I have Stalking Vengeance. This was a list original, I think, right? Yes. So five red red for a five five with haste. Whenever another creature you control dies, it deals damage equal to its power to target player. So. You're not going to get anything off of your prosh tokens, but you are going to do a lot of damage with this card if you start sacking like 1-1 one, one Sapperlings or like if you do that loop with um, um, Sprouting Thrynax, you sacrifice it to deal 3 and then you sacrifice each of the Sapperlings. They each do 1, then you get this Thrynax back to deal 3, then 1-1-1, one, 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 then 3, then 1-1-1. One, one, one. Yeah, super good. It's pretty good. Also, the art is unreal. It's very good. Uh, I think we ragged on that art one time. No, I like it now. Now that I've looked at it up close, I like it a lot. Uh, okay. It's like a big demon talking to a bunch of dudes and like, hey guys, let me tell you about... Uh... Hey, let me tell you about how to get hurt when you sacrifice stuff. <laughs> Next up, we have probably should be a royal assassin, but it's a stronghold assassin. Definitely should be a stronghold assassin. It is a black, black one for a 2-1 tap, sack creature, destroy target, non-black creature. It's pretty good. Yeah, it, it's good because it, it says sacrifice creature on it. That's Correct. what we want to be doing. Next up, sorry. Sea venging, ven, sea stalking vengeance. Yes. Next up, another list original. Terror Ravager. Oh four for red, red two. Whenever Terror Ravager attacks, it gets plus X plus O until end of turn, where X is the number of lands defending player controls. Uh, okay. You can swing in for somebody who's real greedy and then chuck them with that Cyclops we talked about. Yeah, punish the green player and then fling them. Next up, we have Throwmock the Insatiable. Could we call this a jack-in-the-box commander? Like, let's say we don't sacrifice anything. Let's just say we make a ton of tokens. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we got blocks, whatever. Throwmock the Insatiable. Green, red, three for a zero, zero. Devour what? X. Oh. Yeah, there it is. Where X is the number of creatures devoured this way. Oh. So you devour one. It gets one plus one plus one counter. Devour two, it gets two plus two plus twos. Or four plus one plus ones. Sure. Let's say you devour ten. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's going to get ten plus ten plus tens. Yes. So it's a hundred, a hundred. So you devour Prosh and all of his tokens, and he's a, I don't know math, but it's lots. 
You give them trample, you give them infect, you fling them. Somebody's going to eat a whole big bag of dicks. Let's just get Thromok into the graveyard, and then let's get him back with Golgari Guildmage and do it again. Yep. Yeah, okay. There it is. We're, we're good with that, right? Last creature in the deck we have. Just hold on. Oh. It, it it should be worth mentioning that Thromok came out in the original Plane Chase decks, and I believe those were in 2012, which there wasn't a Commander product this year, that year besides Commander's Arsenal. So if you didn't pick up Commander's Arsenal, but you did pick up Plane Chase, you got um, Maelstrom Wanderer yep. and Thromok. Very good cards. And Vela the Nightclad and I think Dawn, Kron the Dawnclad or something. I think so, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Last creature? Last creature is a Viscera Seer. Great sack outlet. 1-1 one, one for black. Sack creature, scry one. Gets you to what you need, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, uh, are we going to move through instants and sorceries, planeswalkers, everything else pretty quick? Because I think there's only a couple of each. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to bang through these as fast as we can. In instants, there's two functionally kind of the same. And they're right on theme with what we've already been talking about. Starting off with Fling. Two mana, sack a creature, deal damage equal to the creature's power. Soul's Fire. I think that's a three mana Fling that you don't sacrifice. Correct. And remember, both of them are instants. So if your guy's gonna die, just cast them. Punish the people. Or Somebody just... casts a Wrath with Fling in your hand, you sacrifice literally everything you own, in, even your house and your car, <laughs> to Prosh, and then you Fling them. Now we have six sorceries, starting off with Brando's favorite card. Everybody knows what it is. Everybody can say it with me. Decimate. Say decimate, kids. Decimate. Green, red, two, destroy target artifact, target creature, target enchantment, and target land. Remember, you do need four targets. Yes. Next up, we have Mass Mutiny. Five mana. That steals one thing, one creature from each opponent. Gives them haste so you can attack with them, but in this deck, I think that you steal one thing, sacrifice all of them. Maybe to, like, you steal their biggest thing and then sacrifice it to something, and then Stalking Vengeance deals damage to the the opponents, so you're going to get the damage out of them anyways. Or you could swing in with them and then and sack then them off. Them. Like, there's yeah, all yeah, kinds yeah. of... But they're not going back. The moral of the story is they're coming to your side and they're, they're not going And home. they're going back to the graveyard. Yeah. yeah. Next up, we have Restore. Two mana. Put target land card from your graveyard onto the battlefield. From a graveyard. From a graveyard. Yeah, that's why it's good. Yeah, because you can dust somebody's Gaia's Cradle with Decimate and then restore, get the Gaia's Cradle. <laughs> so, yeah. Sudden Demise. You know what else I like about Restore is you could potentially get like somebody's High Market, which is a sack outlet for a creature on a land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. not, it's not, not negligible yeah. here. High Market. Play your utility lands, kids, right? Mm-hmm. Anyways. Next up, we have Sudden Demise. Red, X, choose a color. Sudden Demise deals X damage to each creature of the chosen color. Uh, it's a quasi-sweeper. It's okay. Yeah, it's it's a one-sided sweeper, potentially. Let's say somebody's playing, like, Selesnia tokens. You just pick green or white, and that yeah. doesn't touch any of your tokens. Or it touches very little of your green tokens. It's tricky in this deck because you are playing three colors because you're probably going to lose something. But, I mean, if they're playing angels or merfolk, you're going to wipe them out. I think that was a... This deck original, right? Correct. Yeah. Another this deck original. Also costs like 900 Canadian dollars. I didn't realize this. And I'm not sure why. Tempt with Vengeance. I think it's just this was the only time it was ever printed. And it's the only good Tempt card. So it's red X tempting offer. So what you do is put X one on red elemental creature tokens into the play. Then each opponent can also do that. For each opponent who does, you get X tokens again. Who's the dumbass that does it? Like, like people do it because they why? want blockers because they're like, oh yeah, I'll just block. 
But you have twice as many, and they have haste. Yeah. Like, I get 10 guys. Well, I'll get 10 guys. Well, I'll get 10 more guys. I'll make my throw muck a 400-400. Yeah. No <laughs> matter what happens, you're going to take 10 or more. Yeah. Or I'm going to have a giant prosh, and you're going to take way more. And you'll just die. Yeah. Somebody's eating shit when somebody plays this card. You're going to eat way more shit if you take the offer. Nah, it's weird. It's also a house in uh, Omnath. Yes. Oh, baby. All right. Last, lastly, but not leastly, another one of my favorite cards, Warp World. I hate this card, but it's good in this deck. Red, 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 five. So cost eight. And essentially, each player shuffles each permanent they control into their library and then reveals cards from the top of their library until they reveal that many cards. Each permanent goes onto the battlefield. And you have a bunch of tokens and stuff, so you're probably going to have the most stuff, so the odds are you're going to come up with the biggest board state. I just put it in there because it's fun. I like yeah, you, you've in, you've accrued incremental token advantage or something like that sprouting Thrynax or whatever. Like you sacrifice it, you cash it in for three things instead of one, then you warp world, so you get three times as many chances to hit something. As silly as it sounds, I've used this in Krenko on several occasions when I'm just, I'm screwed. I don't have Perforos, I don't have Impact Tremors, I don't have Altar of the Brood, my little goblins can't get through the big wall of blockers that everybody has, or the Norns Annex, or whatever, whatever, whatever. And I think that's why it costs eight. They, yeah. I liken Warp World to the game situation that you need a Warp World or else you're going to die is the same as like casting a Jockle Hops or an Apocalypse or Decree of Annihilation. You just, you got to hit that reset button. Yeah. And that's... That's what Warp World is. Sometimes it just gets all the shit out of the way and puts you probably, you hope, back in position to retake control of the game that you have lost somehow. More so, I mean, you build around it a little bit so you can not get screwed off of it, but you're stopping whatever your opponent was doing that was hindering you so badly. That's yes. why it's that's why it's good. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it good. I went there. <laughs> I'm gonna record that forever. You better be recording or else we'll be doing this section all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have artifacts. There's eight of them, starting with Armillary Sphere. Two mana. You can pay two, sack it, search for two basics, put them into your hand. Uh, Not that great, but I think it was an original in the deck and we didn't want to add too many expensive rocks, right? Correct. Next up, Ashnod's Altar. House in the deck as it is in every deck and every token strategy. Anything where you can loop things in and out of the graveyard, blah, blah, blah. Three mana, sack a creature, add colorless, colorless to your mana pool. Carnage altar. Another altar. Three mana, pay three, sack a creature, draw a card. Jar of eyeballs. Okay, so these are good with those last two altars I just read. It's another three drop. Whenever a creature you control dies, put, a, I put two eyeball counters on it. So then you can pay three and tap and remove all eyeball counters. you got to dump the jar of eyeballs out. You can look at the top X cards of your library where X is the number of eyeball counters, and I think you can put a creature into your hand, right? Put any one of them into your hand. Yeah. And the rest go on the bottom. So it lets you dig down deep, 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 deep until you find the creature sack outlet that you need. Like you sack the, pro again, initial prosh tokens, you sacrifice six guys, that's 12 cards you get to see out of your library. Yeah, that's super sweet. J Obelisk of Jund. That is a three drop taps for any one of the Jund colors, black, red, or green. Sol Ring. Sol Ring taps for two. Spine of Ishsa. 
7 drop. When it enters the battlefield, destroy target permanent. Super good for getting pesky enchantments if you don't have any of your green stuff. And when it is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, return it to your hand. So it gives you recurrable anything hate. Swiftfoot boots. 2 drop. Equips for 1. Gives haste and hexproof. And uh, I think the year before or the year after they put lightning greaves in the precon, so this year was a Swiftfoot boots year, I think that this deck ought to have Lightning Greaves instead to equip for zero. Yes, I agree. All right, let's do some enchantments. We're going to start with Awakening Zone. Three drop. At the beginning of your upkeep, you get a 0-1 Eldrazi that you can sacrifice for mana. You can get mana and sacrifice it. Yep, super good. And every turn. Beastmaster Ascension. Talked about that last week. Three drop. Whenever a creature you control attacks gets quest counter, when you have seven or more quest counters, your creatures get plus five, plus five. Super good. Yeah. I actually don't know if you'll be using that in this deck. It's the backup win condition for my, in my estimation. This is one of those things where if you happen to get it off of the warp world, okay. or you just happen to land it when all you've got is prosh and kobolds, it's something. Yeah, I think, and that's that's where we would differ. We've talked about a few win conditions already in the deck, and I want to maximize those win conditions where you might want to go token aggro wide. I want to go tall with one dude because I feel like that's faster and more surprising. You pick your time when you know somebody can't do anything, and then you just win. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, Next. just a difference in style, right? Next up, we have Blood Rites. This is a cool one, hey? Okay, so cool picture. Red, red, three. You pay red, one, sack a creature. It deals two damage, target creature or player. So it's kind of like a fixed goblin bombardment. It's an uh, it's a fair goblin bombardment. Yeah, it was the original list. It's all right. Yeah. Next up, Curse of Predation. Green two, Curse. Whenever a creature attacks the enchanted or the cursed player, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. That happens to anybody's thing. Yep. So you're just going to F one guy in the A. Get some hate off of you. And again, if you're doing kobolds, at least now they're doing damage. And yeah, 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 yeah. And then when they die, your stalking vengeance will actually work with your kobolds. Well, okay, that's good synergy there, yep. Next up, I hate and love this card. I want to make this card good so bad. And we just did. Dragon Appeasement. Jund and three for an enchantment. Skip your draw step. Terrible. It's still terrible. <laughs> Whenever you sack a creature, you may draw a card. Oh, shit. There it is. <laughs> Goes really great with the next card. Which is Fecundity. Three drop, whenever a creature dies, that creature's controller may draw a card. It essentially does the same thing, except for, for everyone. Everyone. So it's cheaper. But those two together, draw your whole deck, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fires of Yavimaya. Gives you creature's haste. You can sack it to give plus two until end of turn. Foster. Four drop, whenever a creature you control dies, you can pay one. If you do, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card. Put that card into your hand. I like that card. Originally from Masks, I think, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah, and then it was put into the original list for Prosh. It's not bad at all. How about From Beyond? And with Foster, it even works on tokens. That's why it's in there. So when you sack a token, you just pay one and you just get a real card. So it's essentially like a card draw spell. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, from Beyond? At the beginning of your upkeep, you get a 1-1 Eldrazi Scion that you can sack for mana or sack to whatever thing you want, and 
you can pay green one, sacrifice a sacrifice from beyond, search your library for an Eldrazi and reveal it and put it in your hand. I don't think we're playing any. There are no Eldrazi's. It's only in there to make those tokens. Uh, I'm okay with this. Maybe one Eldrazi would do it, right? Yeah, I guess you could play like a... You could probably rock an Ulamog, let's be honest. This deck yeah. could probably rock an Ulamog. You could, you could cast the uh, the one that's when you cast it, you can search for a 7-drop again. So you can maybe you maybe play two in the list. If you've got some flex spots, right? Speaking of totally fair cards, how about Goblin Bombardment? Yeah. Red, one, sack a creature, deals one damage target creature or player. Super sweet. How about Night Soil? Ooh, yeah, this card wrecked me and super good with Ashnod's Altar. So it's green, green. For an enchantment, you pay one, exile two cards from a single graveyard. Creature cards. Oh, yeah, sacrifice two. Pay one, exile two creature cards from a single graveyard. Put a 1-1 one, one green sapper than creature token onto the battlefield. So, tell CCO Nation why this is so good with Ashnod's Altar. You pay one, any one. Remove the reanimate target, the next reanimate target. So, two creatures. Get a dude, sack it for two, do it again. Get another guy netting a mana. Sacrifice that creature. Get two more mana. Do it again. You're netting mana. You're netting mana. You're netting mana. You're wrecking everybody's graveyard, and you did it all for one mana, and you end up with a whole bunch in your pool if you need to cast Prosh or any of the things that end up costing you eight. Yeah, so I guess remove every creature in every graveyard... As long as it's a multiple of two. <laughs> yeah. And depending on and depending on what kind of deck they're playing, if you're playing a graveyard zombie deck or something that's just meant yeah. to morality shift their whole library into their like, graveyard. Like last week's story, right? Let's say Prosh has died twice, so he's going to cost 10. So you night soil, straight gas. You're going to night soil, make whatever, 5, 6, 10 mana, cast Prosh, get 10 dudes, sack them all to get more mana. You're going to get 20 mana off of that from your Phyrexian altar, and then you could... Do whatever with it, yeah. Because you have 20 mana now. It's crazy. Yeah. Next up, Pernicious Deed. Green, black, one. Pay X, sack it, deed. Pay X, sacrifice deed. Destroy each artifact, creature, and enchantment with converted mana cost X or less. Yeah, I replaced Plague Boiler for Pernicious Deed. Because oh, deed's, yeah. deed's just better. Yeah, definite upgrade there for sure. Primal Vigor. Primal Vigor. This is like doubling season, except not... $40. Anyways, it's green four. If a token would come into play, you get two instead. And if one or more counters is put on something, you get another one instead. It's only plus one plus one counters, so it's not quite doubling season. Oh, yeah. But all the things that you want doubling season four minus the Planeswalker well, garbage. Well, here's the other thing, too, is it's if one or more. So if your guy gets five plus one plus one counters on it, all at once, you just get six now. You don't get ten. That's ten. It's twice as it's twice that number. Uh, oh yeah. It. Yep. It doubles it like hell. It's a great card. Okay. It's just it's not fair, but it's fairer. It doesn't than do planeswalker season. counters. It doesn't do minus counters. It doesn't, it doesn't do, do infect do counters. Infect counters. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, we have Shivan Harvest. Oh man, after my own heart. Red one. And then you pay red one. Sack a creature. Destroy target non-basic land. Yeah. Yeah. Get that Gaia's Cradle. And then restore it. Yeah. Very excellent. And lastly, we have Tooth and Claw. Red, three, sack two creatures, get a 3-1 red beast onto the battlefield. Don't particularly care for that card very much, but it is a original deck. So it's a flex spot. It, it works not too bad. And then lastly, the last card on the deck, I put it in there as a pity include because Wizards didn't do it right. 
Lord Windgrace. It's your boy. It's my boy, Lord Windgrace. Okay, so Jund and two for a five loyalty Windgrace Planeswalker. His plus two, discard a card, then draw a card. If the discarded card was a land, you get to draw an additional card. Okay, so discard a land, draw two. Fine. His minus three is return up to two land cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. Uh, I actually like that. That's really good. Yeah, you plus one them, then you get things back. Great if you decide to upgrade the mana base to um, to do like uh, fetches and stuff. Yeah, if you and I mean you're playing all the jank fetches in this one, you know, myriad landscape, terramorphic expanse, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So it just it gets your lands back. He's a value card. He's good in the deck. He's not just there because I felt bad for him. In this deck and with Lord Windgrace, I also like Dryad Arbor because you can sacrifice it because it's a creature and then get it back with Windgrace. Now we're talking. There we go. There's value. His minus 11, destroy six things and you get a cat warrior for each thing you destroyed. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the deck a little bit more here. Okay, so... Real quick, I just want to point this out. If you go to our Tapped Out page, CCO Podcast on tappedout.net, and you look at the deck list, all of the cards that have a little A next to them, those are ones that I added. I didn't make note of what I cut, because I cut it, it obviously sucks. <laughs> so <laughs> all the A's are the things that I added to the deck. Added, just, yes. Yeah, just something that, you know, if you're looking at it and wondering what kind of changes do they actually make, now you know. Okay, a couple stats here. I like to go over these when we have a little bit of time. 6.6 .6 card draws in here. What is a, sorry, 6.5 card draws in here. What's the half the card draw? I counted Viscerous here as half a card draw. Because he scries? Because you can scry, you can pick what you're going to draw. That makes your draws more valuable. I'm counting it. Sure, okay. okay. I'll give you that one. I like 14 targeted removal spells. Yeah, baby. Yeah, and and there was some blatant misses here, like that Windgrace's Judgment from C18. Super excellent. Um, Maelstrom Pulse, but probably too expensive because we're still keeping this kind of pre-con status, right? Yeah, we're trying to make these... Or, we're trying to make these decks feel like you could just go to the store and buy them. Because it would be easy for us to just build a better Prosh deck than Wizards did. And who wore it better? Well, obviously we did because we win on turn three. Yeah. Obviously actually. we built it better. But we're not doing that. It's like, which which pre-constructed Commander product would you rather buy? We're keeping them upgradable. We're keeping the tutors out. We're keeping the fast and expensive mana ramp out. And I think that is true to the nature of the pre-cons, right? Agreed. Yeah. Okay, so... Mass removal, I counted um, Shattergang Brothers and Goblin Sharpshooter sure. as mass removal, so there's some there. I counted Colony Garden, it's a utility land, as a ramp spot because it gives you a dude that you can sacrifice to your altar. Okay, <laughs> yeah. fine, whatever. Play sure. your utility lands. Token Makers, 16 of them. Yes. So all kinds of fodder all day, right? And I think not like Tier 1 Prosh, you don't have a whole hell of a lot of action on Turn 1. Like there's five one-drops. Yeah, not very many. But Turn 2 and 3, you have 28 things that you can play and all but three of them are like you want them right here right now so the deck kind of makes up for no turn one play with anything that you want to do that's going to give you continuous value yeah. on two and three right and then turn four five six that's when you've got a game ending threat you've got flesh beater imp on four throw mock on five prosh on six any of them will win you the game as soon as you untap with them or even in some cases depending on how your first two turns went they just win you the game right now. And that feels very prosh to me. So we we stayed true to the nature of the pre-con, but also gave people kind of what they want when they play a prosh deck is cast prosh win. And it, and again, it's like a it's we talk about the varied game experience. Like you could also have a game that's kind of dirtily and you're just kind of eking value out of this deck, or you can just 
fucking roll in and kill everybody. I love rolling in. Yeah. I, I come. I show up to ball, right? Like <laughs> I, I'm I'm pulling on the shoulders of my shirt like I want to take it off to fight people. <laughs> right? Quick story, real quick. I gotta tell this because this is this is insane. I'm at Folk Fest. That's a event here in Saskatoon where a bunch of like cultures from around the world they set up kiosks or what are they called? Yeah, kiosks. kiosks around town, and you can go check them out. And there's food and drinks and dancing and music, and it's great. So I'm out there with Kyla and some friends, and there's this dude down at the end of our table. We're sitting at the Irish Pavilion, so everybody's drinking Guinness. It's canned Guinness, but whatever. And Buddy's hammered. He is hammered. Was it me? It wasn't you. Okay. He was way more hammered than than you usually get. Because you get that kind of fun, kind of hammered. This guy was like hammered, wants to fight everybody, but he was real short, so he couldn't do it because he's in Ireland, and everybody in Ireland is a bouncer, and everybody who's a bouncer from Ireland is freaking jacked. Okay. Like, whoa. Yeah. And this I got guy. A, I have a mental picture. So this dude, he's getting so ragey. He's getting so mad at nothing. Like, nobody's talking to him. Nothing's happening. And he just rages out, rips a beer can in half, <laughs> pulls the little ball that's in a can of Guinness out, rips out, what's this? Why is this crap in my beer can? And he storms up to the bartender and he's screaming, there was this crap in my beer. Blah, 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 blah. He was politely asked to leave. That's the widget. Yep, that's thingy. the little yep. the thingy that it's makes in, it so it pours correctly. Yep, proprietary thing in every can of Guinness. Apparently, that guy didn't never seen him before. Huh? He must not have been very Irish. <laughs> nope. Ripped a beer can in half because he thought there was garbage <laughs> in his beer. <laughs> so excellent. Oh. Okay. Um, drink your Guinness on tap, kids. Yeah. Okay. It is better on tap. Y- yeah. Very much so. Let's real quick getting back to Prosh. Let's talk about, I guess, upgrades or, sure. or or better options. Now we mentioned that like things like Restore and Lord Windgrace are better with fetch lands. I don't think it's any secret. Like add your wooded foothills and your bloodstained mires, right? Like your original onslaught and Zendikar fetches. Any John colored fetch will do. Yeah. And I think the deck really starts to go crazy with infinite mana combos when you can add Phyrexian Altar alongside your Ashnod's altar. Because you can sacrifice to make tokens. Those two and, things and, and Prosh are in, yeah. Yeah, sacrifice tokens to make colored mana with Phyrexian Altar, right? Yeah, like if you have those two things, you go infinite with Prosh. No secret, right? Of course yeah, not. Everybody knows that. Other things that aren't secrets are Prosh and Food Chain. Food Chain's three mana enchantment. Exile a creature to get mana equal to its casting cost plus one. Oh, that's really good. I should probably play that in Omnath, hey? Uh... Nah, no, because you got to exile. Doesn't doesn't bolt guys when elementals die. That's not even good. Yeah, it's terrible. Doubling season in, instead of or in addition to primal vigor. In addition to primal vigor, I think so. The thing about it is, Phyrexian altar sixty, food chain forty four, doubling season forty. So right there, three cards. You literally just doubled the value of this deck because it comes in at one hundred and sixty bucks, which is. I, don't know, I think that's pretty. I think that's sustainable. That's I good. think that's fine. Yeah, like there's those... w- there's one card in here that costs more than twenty bucks. There's one, and it's the the fake doubling season. Primal vigor. Everything else costs, I think, under ten. I think I think everything under ten. I think that's perfect pre-con territory. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing that I would like to add that doesn't cost any money. It's like twenty five cents. Pitiless plunderer. It's that's a, yeah. Yeah, it's a creature. When a creature, you, whenever a creature dies, you get a treasure token. 
So essentially it acts like Phyrexian Altar. You sacrifice to whatever you want to get some benefit, then you also get a treasure token that you can sacrifice for any colored mana. It lets you go, I think, infinite? It lets you go infinite with Prosh again. Uh, uh, and it lets you go infinite with um, like uh, Jade Mage that is three to get a Sapperling. Because um, you sack the Sapperling, you get a to, to Ashnod's Altar to get two colorless, and you get a treasure token for a green to make another one and it, that actually goes infinite with stalking vengeance yep and it goes infinite with goblin sharpshooter yep and it goes infinite with deathbringer thoktar yep so all kinds of good stuff there yeah yeah, yeah. it goes infinite with um sprouting thrynax player degenerate infinite combos kids <laughs> yeah yep very excellent so Definite includes there. I think the deck could use maybe less sack outlets and more like value removal, like a damnation or you know a kill all creatures type thing. Probably, but the I feel like Wizards doesn't want to print that kind of terrific spectacular removal in these precons. Like I put Decimate in here. Decimate wasn't reprinted in any kind of precon until twenty sixteen, I think. Yeah, like they don't when the decks like twenty sixteen I think are regarded as the best precons that were ever made, right? And that's because they included things like Decimate. Mm. Like you're yeah. not gonna see a lot of that kind of stuff. So again I tried to we're playing the removal with value colors and a lot of that value removal isn't here. Again I was trying to keep it true to the spirit of pre-constructed magic. Yeah, and I think that's what's important about this is is we can make good, fun decks that still stick to that budget both as a whole and card by card. And can appeal to you if you're a degenerate piece of crap. Very much so. Okay, so I think that's one of the strengths is it is highly tunable. It can be degenerate. Um, it can be very fast, but it can also be that really grindy and engaging jund value graveyard recursion type deck it's so rare that you don't have something to do in this deck and i really like that yeah yeah every single turn you've got options you can sack to this or this play this draw this win grace that right rebuilds easy as a result of having stuff to do you always can rebuild yep. that's jund and that's golgari right like and, and in a value prosh deck which is what this probably is just playing prosh it reloads your whole deck it resets your board presence it re it reinvigorates your whole board state, and all you have to do is play your commander. Yeah, very much so. And what I like about this in particular, that it's not the super combo-laden prosh that we're maybe thinking about when we hear the word prosh, is you don't need any of that super fast mana, right? Because you're not trying to prosh on turn three, right? You go, you go mana rock, impact tremors on turn one, you go food chain on turn three, or turn two, you go prosh on turn three, sacrifice to food chain, go infinite, win the game. That's how that deck works, because yeah. it plays like 25 mana rocks and dorks, right? But this one, you don't need the fast mana and dorks, because you're playing that sacrifice grindy game. So, I like that. And when you bust, bust something out like this out, you're probably not just going to get ganked. Like in real life, like somebody's just going to jump up the thing and just beat you with a bike chain. <laughs> Moving over to the weaknesses category, <laughs> the first time you sit down with a prosh deck, Speaking that's that, going to happen. Yeah, there's the bike chain. <laughs> that's like Evan saying, my Brego deck's a value deck, and then he combos with it. The yeah, and then time. he immediately combos with what it. What a dink. What a... Um, slow, intentionally powered down, or sorry, intentionally not powered up. Yes, I, I wouldn't say it's I don't think it's down. a weakness, but... But it, it could be. It could be. There's lots of, like, the first, what, like, five or six cards you read out of the deck were six drops. Yeah, they're cool, but they cost six. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's um, a thing. It is playing quite a budget mana base, both a strength and a weakness, because sometimes you're not going to be able to ca cast your, you know, your red, 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 X, whatever spell on turn three, right? Yeah. Like, you're just not. But, 
again, in a $100 deck, I don't think that's a big deal. Um, needs haste. I, I like haste in this deck because you can make a big prosh and literally if that means switch out the Swiftfoot boots for the Lightning Greaves, you're switching out a $1 card for like a 3 or $4 card. I think that's fine. I think that's fine too. I was thinking I could put Fervor in here as well, but I wanted to keep a little bit more of the stock list going. Fervor is red too. All your creatures have haste. I think, did this stock list have an anger in it, or was that the no. 2011 decks had anger in it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, this one didn't have any mass haste in it at all. I added Fires of Yavimaya because it's a good one, and I wanted at least one. You know what haste enabler I like is um, it's from Mirrodin, Mass Hysteria. That's a good one. Enchantment for red. Each creature has haste. Everybody's. It's just like Concordant Crossroads, except it only costs a buck. Yeah, that did some real work for me in Vegas where people would just drop a thing and attack with it. And somebody was like, oh, yeah, I tapped out. I shouldn't have. Everybody has haste. And then, like, other people were just dealing damage for me. Like, by the time I started attacking because I was playing a slow deck, uh, everybody was, like, at 30. Everybody's dead already. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Milk list? How about instead we do cards of the week? Is that a cards? Yeah, I did say cards. I picked two things this week. What is that about? (laughs) I picked two. One of them, we talked about it and why it's so good already. I think you're going to say Primal Vigor? Yes, I am going to say Primal Vigor. Just as a refresher, Primal Vigor is an enchantment for green four. If you would get a cre- one or more creature tokens, you get double that amount of creature tokens. If one or more plus one plus one counters would be placed on a creature, double them. So it's like doubling season for the table. It's, it's a good and card. It's, and it's, oh, it's still $22. It, it's, it's 22 American dollars or, like, what would that be in Canadian? It'd be like 864 It's like a mortgage payment? Yeah, yeah it's like a mortgage payment up here in Canada. Um, and it's just, like, nobody plays this card. And you will always get the most value out of it. I think people who bought the 2013 decks play that card. But nobody else. I've never seen this hit a table. Because it was only ever in C13. And that's why it's 20 bucks. Exactly. But it's it's a good card, and I think if you see one or you have one lying around, bust it out, give it a try. Neat. Doubling season's great. Two doubling seasons is way better. You know what? Prosh got picked in Masters 25 instead of that card. Neat. Yeah, isn't that funny? And then the uh, the second card, we talked about what, like, this is the one that we talked about how it's so awesome already, Night Soil. Such a good card. Yeah, dude. It's, it, this is the graveyard hate that they printed before they realized how good and important graveyard hate was going to be. And so it's, I, don't, I would say, in, if you're playing green, it's an auto-include in, in this because you need graveyard hate, and this gives you specific and incredible value. Yeah, originally from Fallen Empires as a common Neat. Then Masters 2, and then Commander um, 13. Yeah, it was in this list, wasn't it? Yep. It was a, it was a original card in the list. Stock list. I know you're super high on this card right now, but I guess it was just in the stock list. Yep. And it's and it's three fifty American or or seventeen dollars Canadian. It's like it's so it's not inexpensive. Usually we try and pick kind of inexpensive cards for our cards of the week. But this week we're changing it up a little bit because we got some super powerful stuff that I think is underrated, underplayed. And should not be. Well, we could have picked, like, Food Chain. It's underplayed, but that's because it's $45. <laughs> milk gonna, list? Let's do that milk list. Okay, so as per EDHREC.com, this is the most popular card at each converted mana cost in the color combination that we are discussing today. Green, red, black, or Jund, if you will. 
the zero drop slot. I think a lot of these slots are because the prosh list on edhrec.com has almost 2,000 lists. I agree. So we're going to see some prosh staples in here. Okay. There's staples in every color. What am I saying? Mana Crypt at zero. Nope. Definitely not. Soul Ring at one. Yes. Secure Tribe Elder at two. Yes. Eternal Witness at three. No. That would be a super good one because you could sack Prosh and leave him in your graveyard and E-Wit him back. Yep. But whatever, you lose some spiciness there. Perforos, there's a Prosh staple. Yeah, he's not in here not though. Not in here. Too many monies. Dictate of Erebos, that's another one. Nope. Deathbringer Thoktar. Yes. Yeah, we got that guy. Got Avenger him. of Zendikar. Nope. Crater Hoof Butthole. Nope. Blasphemous Act. Nope. Kozilek Butcher of Truth. Nope. Ulamog the Infinite Gyre. Nope. There's our two Eldrazi's that we could play. Yes. Uh, it the Betrays. Nope. Emrakul 2. Nope. Emrakul 1. Nope. Milk List Matches 3. Pretty good. Yeah. And I mean, Secure Tribe Elder, big deal. He goes in lots of green decks. Soul Ring goes in every deck. And Deathbringer Thoktar, I think just good for getting value. And he's in the stock list. Of, oh, of, yeah, He's in the stock right. list of the most popular Jund Commander. So, and he's effing good too. Yeah, I play him in Lord of Tressorhorn. God, we got to do that deck, man. That might be one of my favorite decks. <laughs> CCO Nation, let us know. Yeah. Are we are we doing Lord of Tressorhorn maybe at the end of this arc? And also, oh, you know what? You know what people started is uh, hashtag who wore it better. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, everybody likes the Melkless. It's fun. Yep. Spice Calculator. Spice Calculator. Final segment before end and thoughts of the day. Okay. 1,929 prosh lists on edhrec.com. By far and away, the most popular John Commander. Double. Next one up is Crash. He has under 900 lists. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. So, average converted mana cost, not typical of your um, competitive prosh list, 3.7. Thanks for all the six drops, Brando. (laughs) Do what I can. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Okay, critical turn. Now, remember, I said you could win the game by sacking creatures on turn four to your Flesh Beater Imp, turn five to your Throw Mock, making them huge. I'd like to give them Infect, FYI, but whatever. Or Prosh on turn six. So four, five, or six, you can set up a win. I averaged that and said critical turn, five. It's fair. Yeah, I think that if I cast a, a win condition on turn five, somebody needs to play a Wrath or... Um, somebody could die. They need to remove whatever it is that you're going to use to win, or you will probably... Well, you'll probably win. Because you'll kill the guy that's going to kill your thing, then you'll kill the next guy, then you'll kill JJ, because he only has one land. Yeah, and that's the thing with multiplayer and playing something like Infect or, or Voltron or Thromok or whatever, right, is is you kill the one person you think is going to be the threat, but then there's like two other dudes that still have removal up or whatever, right? So anyways, um, critical turn of five, optimal game size. Uh, what do you think? I think this deck scales really well. I think you could play this anywhere but in a like a small, like a one-on-one or a three-player game. I think maybe it loses some steam there. But I would say starting at four, you could go probably as wide as you want with this one. I really like like stalking vengeance or thing or, or fling, right, where you focus all in on one person and you go, you do all the token sacrificing and then it rebuilds so fast that you can just do it to another player. So even if your Flesh Beater Imp does die or your Throwmock does die... You can respond, fling, or your stalking vengeance will just take over from that point. So I really like that. And if you play this deck from the standpoint, I have an Ashnod's Altar in play, none of these things cost as much as they do because as soon as you play Prosh, you're basically giving yourself minimally 12 mana to play with. Yeah. So it Prosh is insane with Ashnod's Altar. At that point, yeah. you just got to um, 
make sure you tap your colored stuff effectively, especially if you're drawing cards and you don't necessarily know what you're going to get. You leave your command tower open as long as possible. Like, that's kind of just magic 101, right? Yep. So I think that's cool. So I'm going to put optimal game size. I'm going to put it at a four-player game just because that's standard. There's no tutors in this deck, which is typical of um, pre-cons. Yep. Other than, like, land tutors, but yeah. those don't count. I guess technically it has the from beyond that finds Eldrazi's, but there's no Eldrazi's to find with it. So to pay all that mana and sacrifice it, you just look like a chump. Yeah, that's right. So, Conduit of Ruin into Ulamog, though. It's probably fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uniqueness rating cards different than the stock list on EDH Rick. 38, which is lots, which is, which yes. is pretty good. Yeah, that's actually not too bad given the, the popular nature of Prosh and Prosh being a precon. Prosh being a precon, and I was going to say the, um, the established list that precon or that prosh kind of has attached to him. So you did 38 cards different. Not bad. Gives us a 54.6 spicy. Boom! Passed the 50 test. Mm, did it. Excellent. I think that my lack of tutors probably got me there. Yeah. Yeah, even if I, well, I guess two, I had a free one, but I didn't use it. F it. Yeah, no, you don't need it. You don't need tutors in this It doesn't deck. come with the deck, and if you don't want to spend a bunch of mana... Or money. Or money. That's what I meant. <laughs> mana, money. Yeah, it's kind of all the it's same. Basically thing. the same thing. The more mana you have in your deck, the more money you've spent on it. <laughs> no, the opposite is true. The less mana that you play in game, the more money you've spent. Think of um, Soul Ring versus Mana. Think of Soul Ring versus Mana Crypt. Think of Diabolic Tutor versus Demonic Tutor. Huh? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah. The more mana you spend, the more, the more. The less mana you spend, the less money you have. Yeah. I was more thinking like the more, the faster you can amass mana, the more money you've spent. I was thinking the other way. Oh, that's because if you of have mana crit, mana vault, all this crap is like zero, 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 drop, zero, drop, zero, drop, land, Sol ring. Ha ha! Next turn, I have twelve. <laughs> yeah. But that cost me a lot of money. But like that dude in Vegas that goes like mana vault. Metalworker reveals 17 artifacts from his hand. Cast Kozilek turn one. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. What a piece of crap. Yeah. Anyways. Anyhow. Final thoughts of the day? Final thoughts of the day. Uh, initially, when I was sitting down, I was having a really hard time picking a pre-con to do, and I was actually going to just cheap out and do Windgrace, and Ryan was like, no, 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 don't do that. And I was like, because I'm just really mad that Windgrace didn't get as good a deck as I feel he deserves. I think Windgrace is really cool. You could listen to CCO episode, what, 66 on uh, uh, Windgrace Planeswalker? Yeah, plan- Ark of the Planeswalker. I just built a built Windgrace deck. deck. And now you could add Windgrace as the commander and add green, and it opens up a whole new level of artifact hate that we talked about in that episode. Yes. Search it up. So, uh, doing Prosh was kind of my next best option. I got to play Windgrace in this list, and the list itself actually turned out to be a lot of fun, like just thinking about interactions and what I could do to this deck to just kind of spice it up and spruce it up, but still keep it as something that Wizards might put together. It was something that I found a lot of fun. I think that you guys, if you check this out, or go out and build it, you probably have most of the cards to do it, especially if you have the Prosh Precon, you're going to find that this deck is a great deal of fun, and you're really going to enjoy it as much as we did, and I think you could hear that as we talked about it today. So either maybe we'll do the poll this week, I don't know, but hashtag who wore it better, CCO or Watsy? Let us know. Uh, if we took down Watsy again, we're going to go for the perfect sweep in this arc, and we're going to keep going with that. And we're going to keep going next week as we tweak out another pre-constructed commander list on the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! Woo!